This is episode 268 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are How a Prepper Manages Off-Grid Power in a Post-Collapse Country and Solar Power and Energy Requirements, How to Calculate Your Needs. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of the Prepper Website Podcast. I hope you are ready for some great preparedness content. Uh, today's podcast is going to be, uh, I guess, centered around the theme of power and a very interesting article here to kick it off. It's coming to us from the prepper, theprepperpreppingguide.com. Again, theprepperpreppingguide.com. And it's written by a prepper in Venezuela who is living and experiencing the collapse right now. Uh, his name is Jose, and he gives some information of what he's doing and uh, just some, some things here that I really never thought about, reasons why a grid might collapse uh, in a country. And I think it's very, very interesting. So uh, I hope you you find it interesting as well as we move forward and as we uh, hear about what he's doing uh, to help his family prepare. In this series, you will look at what life is like for a family man living in a social and economic collapse. The writer of these posts is a middle-class Venezuelan in a country which has the world's highest inflation rate at more than 4,000%. Venezuela is a financial collapse nightmare with extreme shortages of food, riots, severe hunger, a crippled economy, crumbling infrastructure, collapsed healthcare system, and a failing government. The Venezuela collapse has escalated to a breakdown in social order, putting Venezuela at the top of Latin America's most homicidal nations. The rate of Venezuelan murder is now 20 times that of the U.S., in this post, the Venezuelan prepper speaks of how he works with off-grid power in a post-collapse situation. These last few days have been somehow quiet. Of course, so many people have left the country, though. There is a lot less of a crowd that once filled the streets before anything ever happened to what used to be the attractive country of Venezuela. When we leave the safety of our homes, we try to leave just when it is necessary and come back as soon as we can. It is hard for the kids, but there is even more crime these days as lawlessness and desperation grows. Some fast food restaurants that have managed to stay open through charging higher rates expect to be looted at any given point. And while things were already bad, they're about to get worse. I want to inform you that there has been a very recent and important event for the normal development of our lives in post-collapse Venezuela. There has been evidence shared through social networks submitted by one of the electricity workers' unions and mentions that a lot of personnel, close to 60%, have abandoned their work posts to leave the country because of low salaries, the food scarcity, crime, and the increasing threat which imprisonment for those who decide to quit their jobs now. The guy informed as well that this would not be a problem under normal circumstances, but there is no proper document management with the protocols and procedures that new employees could use for maintenance and operation of the systems. This is a major failure as a company, and as it would be useless to blame someone for this now, but the problem is there. The potential of a major failure of the grid is to be expected in the next few weeks, 
This will be the point of no return for Venezuela. The country is shutting down entirely now. Without electricity, I believe that we all agree that we will have to forget the oil production and the other few industries left, the water pumping and the frozen food. This is going to be really bad in a few more weeks. How am I going to approach this and organize my own off-grid power system? As a prepper, my approach is to downsize my household energy consumption, but that would have needed a large amount of investment in a mixed off-grid power system. For instance, using solar and wind and a large enough battery rack and a good generator. I would like to elaborate more about this reality we are living in at the moment. We were tempted once to exchange our home for an apartment, a nice one with a bit more luxury, but none of us had lived in an apartment before. We treasure our privacy, and having pets is not as comfortable as what it is in a house. In a house, we could have the bike parked in the front porch and do some basic maintenance to the vehicles. There is another advantage. We could run our generator in the front yard. If the water service fails, usually when the power is gone, there is always some water left in the pipelines because it comes from an elevated tank. We solved the problem with the potential lack of water service with a 1500 liter tank in our small backyard over a column. This is a common solution here and this tank should provide enough water for about three weeks for the three of us. My older kid is in college out of town. The energy problem was a little more complicated as we have three large air conditioning systems. Most households or apartments have it as Venezuela can get ridiculously hot in the summer. Sleeping at night without air conditioning is a nightmare. The investment needed for solar was a lot of money, so we decided to buy a Duramax 4,400-watt generator and three jerry cans. This is enough for three days with low load on the generator, as we discover later. We partially resolved the off-grid power issue for a while. However, now the threat is much greater and is a much more potentially dangerous situation with a general power failure throughout the entire country. This means permanently living off of my own power supplies. That also means essentially going back 80 years in time where the tyrants roamed free at night and the thieves were not afraid to hide in the dark and wait for some poor victim. Without power, buying fuel for the generator is going to be a pain. If you have a consumption low enough, say an electric fan, a TV, and a couple of laptops, solar or wind power would be a great solution. If you don't allow your teenager to use the hairdryer or use the blender too much. For the air conditioning, the generator is a good idea, even though when its power output is just 20% over the peak consumption of the air. During an emergency, we tend to sleep in just one room and keep that room cool. The batteries of the solar power rack that we charge were collected for years from our car before the car battery companies were seized by the government and they had to force us to take the old batteries when we are going to buy a new one. For the panels, back when I first started prepping as a prelude to the collapse, I picked up two 100 watt panels which I hooked up to the car battery rack and began charging straight away. Somehow the batteries from the old cars have managed to last and we usually can watch movies in our flat screen for about 6 hours after dark. There is a lot of sun here, enough for charging the solar rack during the day. More than enough for having a good time. I installed LED warm lights all over the roof, so our house never remains in the dark. The consumption is ridiculously low and they are not expensive. They will last decades if well kept. Our main concern will be going to buy gasoline in the fuel station, which is a jerry can a day. 
This is to use in the generator at night to run the air conditioning. If civil turmoil starts again, this is not going to be easy as fuel will become either too expensive or just not available. And the lack of power at home could attract undesired attention with looters thinking that it's just another vacant house in my suburb. Oh, and with the cash scarcity, we don't pay gasoline with cards in any place. Finding money for the gasoline is going to be a really hard, excruciating task. I forget to mention, our SUV has been busted for over a year. Our main vehicle now is the motorcycle and the bicycle. With some considerations for an unreliable power grid. Now I will summarize what you should consider as a prepper and the lessons I have learned about living with an unreliable power grid. Don't trust in the grid being there for you in the future. Prepare wisely according to your means as slow or fast as you can or you want, but do it, please. Calculate your consumption and be ready to reduce it if you sometimes need to do it. I own lots of electrical tools. My dad is an electrician, so I guess it comes with the surname, and now I know that pneumatic tools could have been much better for my woodworking side business. Use the most efficient power-producing devices for the apparatus that need less power. This sounds obvious, but is not so easy to achieve. First, design and install a simple lighting LED system with a solar panel battery rack arrangement suited to your needs. If you need to run some larger equipment with much more consumption, freezers and refrigerators, then use something as a genset to run it intermittently. And please try running your generator for a week with it before and make sure to follow all cleaning and maintenance procedures. If you live in a place with lots of wind, focus on buying or even manufacturing some turbines. Or if your property has a strong stream, try to find out if you can use it as a hydropower source without breaking any laws. You could use it as a fish source too. The constant power you get from a water stream is amazing, and perhaps you won't need to even build a dam. Just redirecting the flow to your device and letting it flow again in the mainstream will have a constant 12-volt current for your LEDs. Prepare for long-term off-grid power solutions. Design everything as simple as you can so that you can fix it for yourself and use good quality equipment. The wise investment is the best approach you can have. Be creative and you will be good. Remember, your brain is your main survival tool. Stay safe. Jose. So like I said earlier, I never really thought about the fact that as the collapse was happening, that people who run these these uh, the power the, the power grid, they, they start bailing on the company, right? And so you would you would think that the government would want to keep the you know the power company or at least the workers that are keeping the system uh, at least happy to keep them you know there because if the power goes then you're going to have a whole nation in an uproar and uh, who knows what will happen at the, at that point right I mean things are already bad but uh, I never really thought that you know a lot of the times you hear something like. The, the collapse happens and police officers and, and, and first responders, they start leaving their post to go to, uh, you know, take care of their family. Right. And, and all those kinds of things. But I mean, here you have society is still kind of intact, although the, the order is social order is breaking down as as uh, it was mentioned here in this article. And there's protests and there's riots and things like that. But at least. You know, you flip the switch on and the the lights are still on. Uh, you turn the water faucet on and you're still getting water. Although it's it's not like it is here in the United States, definitely. But you would just you know you don't imagine that people are just like getting fed up with it and leaving 
people, a lot of people leaving, the people who could, people who had the means, and more than likely the people that are in management and know the intricacies of the grid and how to uh, do things there, those are the people that are probably, that had the means to or getting fed up and they're leaving the country and they're going to other countries just because of, uh, you know, the way things are. And so what he was saying here is like, okay, things are okay right now, but eventually things are going to start to fail. And so we're expecting it to start start seeing the grid fail like in a couple of weeks. So very interesting. I guess we won't be seeing uh, more of his articles uh, if that was the case, uh, unless he's, you know, he can have some kind of, uh, well, I mean, even, yeah, even if the whole power grid goes down, you're, you're done there. Even if you have wireless connections and things like that and, and mobile uh you know, a, a mobile hotspot where you can send out. Uh, very crazy. But, you know, one of the things should be very eye-opening for us that he mentions here is, you know, at the beginning, when he had the opportunity, he purchased solar panels. When he had the opportunity, he purchased LED lighting. When he had the opportunity before things get bad, because there there gets to be a time where, okay, forget it. You're You're not going to be able to make any new purchases. You're not going to be able to make any any of those kinds of decisions. And later on, you're going to kick yourself. It's like, man, I just wish I would have put a little bit of money into a battery bank. I wish I would put a little bit of money into some solar panels. You know, he was talking about his uh, his batteries lasting for a long time. You know, if you maintain them and you do what you need to do, and uh, they're at least running enough or, or holding enough power to be able to do some of the things that they they, they need to do. Now, um, you know, the, the summertime and running the air condition, that's going to suck big time uh, for them. You know, they're just going to have to learn how to eventually deal with that. But I just I just go back to the fact is like now is the opportunity. Now you have the opportunity to put some money towards may, maybe some good solar panels that you can that you can purchase and make a big difference. I mean, that's a game changer in a situation where you don't have any power whatsoever. And so just imagine what you can do there. You know, we always talk about bartering and people talk about those kinds of things. Think about what it would be like. You would barter the ability to charge people's phones or or people's, you know, power, um, you know, whatever they have, right? You know, their, their power tools or whatever. And think about being able to barter that out. And that would be something, uh, you know, pretty, uh, pretty significant, I would think, if uh, if you really, you know, you thought along those lines. So the fact shouldn't be lost on us now that if you have the means to put away some some of these items right now, that that is something that you, you should be doing and looking into. All right, so again, that's over at thepreppingguide.com. And like always, I link to all the, sh- the articles in the show notes. And so you can go right over there and uh, check it out. And so as I was reading that article, I was thinking, okay, so it might be a good idea to talk a little bit more about solar and so recently, modernsurvivalblog.com put out an article, Ken put out an article called Solar Power and Energy Requirements, How to Calculate Your Needs. And so I thought that this goes right in line because there might be people who heard just heard that article about the you know Venezuela and the, and the, the grid failing. And you're, you might be thinking, okay, well, um, maybe I do need to buy some solar. Maybe I do need to look into to some solar. And so here's the way to calculate some of your needs and the way that Ken went about doing it. Uh, and so he kind of walks you through it. So uh, again, this is over at modernsurvivalblog.com. And the title is Solar Power and Energy Requirements, How to Calculate Your Needs. 
When doing any sort of design or even back-of-the-envelope calculations for alternative energy systems or solar, among the important factors to consider are these. Solar power and energy requirements. Power equals watts. Energy equals power times time. I'm going to try and keep it simple. Power or watts. Anything that plugs into the wall requires a certain amount of power or watts to function. Some things require more power than others. When desiring solar power or panel requirements, you need to figure out the demands of the things that it will be powering. For example, a single 800 lumen LED light bulb may only require 10 watts, while your toaster might require 1000 watts or 1 kilowatt. Likewise, if eight of those light bulbs are on together, the power requirements will be 80 watts. Every single thing that plugs in has its own power requirements. But it doesn't stop there. Not all devices or appliances require the same amount of power at all times. In other words, there may be a variability of power or watts that a given device demands over time. An example of this is my pellet stove. When it first goes through the igniting process, it requires nearly 400 watts. But after the pellets are burning, the fans might only require 50 watts. Not only that, but the fan speed is variable. If I crank up the stove, it will begin demanding more power, or watts, because the fan speed increases. Make sense? This is true of many appliances. That said, any given thing will have a specification indicating its maximum power requirements, a sort of worst-case scenario. Usually, this is printed somewhere on the literature or a label on the device itself. I've sometimes found that there may be a fairly wide margin built into those published specs. Whenever I'm considering the power requirements and energy demands for alternative energy, that is solar-powered system, I need to discover the watts that each powered device will require, and I also need to discover the anticipated energy demands of those devices over time. Which brings us to the next category energy or watt hours. Especially for a solar power system that will include energy storage or a battery bank, it is, a, it is critical to understand the power requirements over time so that you have enough capacity to keep things running when there's no sun. If I leave that 800 lumen 10 watt LED light bulb on for 6 hours a day, that bulb is consuming 60 watt hours of energy. 10 watts times 6 hours equals 60 watt hours. That's pretty straightforward because the LED light bulb always draws the same amount of power all the time when it's on. Similarly, a TV that draws 200 watts when it's turned on for 2 hours per day, the energy requirement is 400 watts or 400 watt hours. 200 watts times 2 hours equals 400 watt hours or 0.4 kilowatt hours. The calculations for the energy demand of devices over time watt hours gets tricky when you have appliances that draws varying amounts of power while they're on. This includes refrigerators, chest freezers, a washing machine, and many others too. Additionally, some may cycle on and off throughout the day, still others may not be used every day. So it takes some thought, measurements, and a spreadsheet to help figure things out. When I designed the solar-powered alternative energy system for my current home, I literally measured the power and energy requirements and demands for every single thing that plugs in at my home. Once entered on a spreadsheet, there are all sorts of helpful calculations that you can make. How did I do that? It was easy, although time-consuming. I used a watt meter that measures and displays watts as well as energy over time, or watt hours. 
I've had this one for years, and that's uh, the kilowatt electricity usage monitor. Note, if I were to buy a new one today, I would probably get the following because it also keeps track of the cumulative time. But no big deal if you make a note of begin and end time, if that's important for your test. And so the other one that he's linking to here is the electricity kilowatt power usage monitor. And so both of them are linked here. I guess that go to uh, go to Amazon. For my solar power and energy requirements, I literally made an Excel spreadsheet that listed every electrical device in my home. I then measured the power and energy requirements of each over a period of time with the meter listed above, then performed a number of calculations to get the bigger picture. Examples. My pellet stove varies with weather. The max watt power requirements are 360 watts. Energy usage during a 24-hour winter test is 1.2 kilowatts. Calculate average running watts per hour is 50 watts an hour. My chest freezer, one of, is the max wattage power requirements up to 10 times the running watts. Energy usage during 24 hours for a winter test is 0.96 kilowatt hours. Calculate average running watts per hour is 40 watts an hour. Note, appliances like refrigerators, chest freezers, and air conditioners will require a surge of power when the compressor kicks in. This can be up to 10 times the average running watt. Factor this into your system design for your inverter. So calculate the worst case scenario within reason. When I figured how much power or watts might be required at any one time throughout the day for my own home, I did not simply add up everything as though all devices were turned on at the same time. I knew that this would never be the real case scenario, so I simply looked at it from the perspective of realism. I made my own estimations. Note, in a well-designed system, there are circuit breakers which will trip if you did exceed the system's capability. So if you did decide to run everything at once, you're safe under that presumption. I also factored the season and time of day and day and night while determining the reasonable maximum watts requirements. So I also have a battery bank so that I can selectively run off-grid when I choose to. In order to determine how big a battery bank that you might need, there are lots of considerations including number of hours a day of backup energy to power your system, number of successive cloudy days without adequate recharge, alternative backup charging methods other than solar and generator, maximum depth of discharge versus battery life, system inefficiencies, and cost analysis. That said, for this discussion, I'm just looking to understand how much energy or kilowatts or kilowatt hours that may be consumed in a 24-hour period on average. Tip, it's cheating, sort of, but you can look at your past electricity bills to discover this information. However, I looked at it from a fresh perspective. Understanding the individual requirements is very helpful. Having built a spreadsheet with the measured devices and appliances, it becomes fairly easy to calculate. Once you assign a reasonable number of hours per day and that any one thing might be on, then it's a matter of adding it all up. Once you know your total energy demands or kilowatt hours, you can then begin to design a battery storage bank that will keep you powered up at night and longer if you design it that way. Just more money. Hopefully this information will help some of you out there who may happen across the page while searching for answers how to get started with solar power and energy requirements. 
There's uh, about 43 comments here in the comment section. So a lot of uh, questions. Then I know Ken answers a lot and other people are chiming in as well. So good information there. But uh, that's one of the things that you need to consider. You, you can't just go out and buy a solar panel and a couple of batteries and, and go for it. Uh, you know, you, there's some a little bit of thought that needs to go into it. And you've got to realize this is the most important thing for those of you that, you know, maybe your, your, your eyes are starting to glass over a little bit with all the kilowatt hours. And, and you know, you still have to understand these things, but you're not going to run your house on solar power like you would on grid power. And you just have to be you just have to understand that there are some things that you're just going to have to that you're not going to be able to do. And so, uh, for instance, we down here in the South, uh, just like uh, the, the previous article talked about, we have to run our AC. It sucks, man. And so uh, when it gets real hot, I mean, you, you have to have that. But you wouldn't be able to do that on solar power. There's just no way. The, the, the power requirements are, are too, too much to run uh, central air and heat on that, right? So you couldn't do that. You you know you could theoretically run a refrigerator, but that would require a big battery bank, and uh, you know you need to to consider you know what's what's most important. You know when it comes down to uh, being off grid and and solar and just using solar and alternative energy, you know really looking into what other people are doing. Those that are uh, and I'm talking about like when the when the grid, if the grid collapses, right? But looking at people who are doing it now, like homesteading, and they are completely off grid, and, and how they're handling it there, and uh, learning from their um, from their experiences, I think that's really great to be able to do that. And uh, we have tons of articles over at Prepper website. If you go to the tag cloud, right, you go to the top right hand corner, do the little drop down menu, and you do uh, research prepping topics. And then just go to solar, and you can go look up a lot of great information uh, over the years that we have uh, that we have posted. So again, that's over at modernsurvivalblog.com, and uh, getting you some information there on how to calculate your your solar powered needs. Well, guys, that's it for episode 268. Thanks for starting your week off with me. Uh, we look forward to the rest of the week with great preparedness articles uh, lined up for you. Hey, if you haven't. I would love for you to come join the Facebook group and be a part of uh, what's going on over there. And uh, if you haven't, I'd love to also connect with you on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. You know, I, for those of you who, who don't know, I post or I do the, the podcast the night before. So the Monday podcast is done on Sunday. And so, uh, you know, we had a, a great service this Sunday. Um, and when I was preparing and I was, you know, we have a back room. I was kind of uh, hanging out a little bit, get to church early, hanging out a little bit, uh, doing some reading and doing some some things. And I just decided to take a picture of my of my Bible in uh, my glasses. I'm at the point where I'm, you know, definitely I need my glasses, right? So I took a picture of that and I posted it on Instagram with uh, just you know like spiritual preparedness. And I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't, you know, I thought maybe one or two people would like it. 
But I was surprised at how many people are out there. I mean, I know that there's a lot of believers out there. I know there's a lot of believers that are that are listening to the podcast. I do appreciate uh, your listenership out there. But, uh, you know, I'd love to do that. Maybe I'll do some more spiritual preparedness type posts on Instagram and, uh, you know, trying to post some uh, some content. Not I'm definitely not just reposting people's stuff. You know, I'm trying to put stuff out there that's uh, that I'm creating or just uh, things that are going on, you know, in in my life. So anyway, uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.